Pop Health Podcast is supported by 24-Hour Home Care. All episodes of Pop Health Podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and pophealthpodcast.com. So one of the interesting features of our school that is not unique to our school but is really relatively new in medical education is that we will have a longitudinal integrated clerkship. And what this means is that really almost from day one, our students will be paired with a primary care physician in the Kaiser Permanente system, and they will follow his or her patients with them for two years. Okay. In the second year, they'll also be paired with someone in surgery and pediatrics and psychiatry and OBGYN. But in the first year, they will have the beginning of a two-year relationship with a mentoring senior physician. As part of that longitudinal experience, they will, in fact, be expected to be in the community, working at a community health center that's geographically close to the Kaiser Permanente health center that they go to. So... Another episode of Pop Health Podcast. This is Gavin Ward, co-host of Pop Health Podcast. And today's episode, I had a short commute to sit down with Dr. Maureen Connolly, Senior Associate Dean for Academic and Community Affairs and Professor at the Kaiser Permanente School of Medicine. Many of you may have heard, but for the first five classes of medical school students at Kaiser Permanente School of Medicine, which opens in 2020, they will have their tuition completely covered. It's a really exciting opportunity for many students across the nation and across the globe. In today's episode, Dr. Connolly shares about the creation of the school and what can be expected for students coming in to the 2020 and beyond classes, including serving their communities and the underserved population. We hope you enjoy today's show. Feel free to check us out for other episodes on pophealthpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, and feel free to leave a review. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the show. Maureen, can you tell me something about yourself that might surprise the audience? Maybe something outside of the medical world. Sure, uh, Gavin. Well, a couple things I'll just uh, mention, which I think is relevant to being here at a medical school. I actually married my gross anatomy partner. Not where most people meet their future spouses, but lucky me. Nice. Um, and you know, I'm, I've come here from Boston. Okay. I'm a diehard Red Sox fan. I not I know not everyone will want to hear that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, season ticket holder. My dad worked there uh, as a second job when I was growing up. So nice. Yeah, so so season ticket holder today. Today, yes. And huh? where do you sit at Fenway? Uh, we're you know behind home plate, but up in the grandstand. So okay. Great seats, and uh, I've seen a lot of happy moments there. Nice. When I think of uh, the Red Sox, I'm a Dodger fan. So uh, <laughs> so glad we can have this conversation. <laughs> yeah, we can have peace uh, yep. amongst ourselves. Uh, but I always think of the Green Monster. Do you know how tall? And for those of you that aren't familiar, Fenway Park mm-hmm. is, is known for this gigantic wall in left field that's maybe 300 yep, feet. Just about. But uh, I will say when my husband and I first came out, uh, when he was interviewing uh, and thinking about coming to California, we went to a Dodgers game that night because we okay. he'll be our adopted National League team. <laughs> All right. Very good. Well, I hope uh, perhaps we'll see uh, the Dodgers and Red Sox again repeat. That'd be great. Very good. So you mentioned uh, mm-hmm. California. Being, we were talking off the air and uh, California is new for you. That's right. So give us a little bit about your background. And shall I call you Dean Connolly, <laughs> Dr. Connolly? 
I always say only my children call me Dean. Maureen nice. is fine. Thank you, Kevin. Great. You're welcome. Uh, Maureen, tell us about a little bit about your background growing up in the uh, East Boston area, right? In the Boston area. That's yep. right. Yeah. And then maybe how you transitioned into becoming a physician and uh, how you ended up out here in California. Sure. Thanks. Um, yeah, Boston born and bred and thought I'd be there the rest of my life. I went to school sort of up and down the East Coast. Uh, I decided to go into medicine pretty late in college. I okay. worked in a women's health clinic as a counselor and I just loved the job. In fact, I'd picked my college because it had no science requirement. So that's wow. how far I was from being a physician. But you mentioned counselors. So did yeah. you have an inspiration? Like, can you tell us about, was there a desire to be a counselor maybe down the road or? You know, I, I was a women's studies and American studies major. And okay. I, uh, saw the opportunity to work in a women's health center as just a great way to continue my passion about women's issues. Um, but I loved the patient care aspects. I loved how I felt when I left the clinic on a given Saturday morning. So that prompted me to go back after college uh, to do all my pre-medical courses, which I did, and then went to med school, did residency and fellowship, and, and took a path into women's health research uh, as an internal medicine physician. Okay, great. And you stayed close to home uh, for medical school. Tell us where you ended up. and. <laughs> I went to medical school actually at Cornell in New York City okay. after doing a post-bac, an extra year at Bryn Mawr College. And then um, I migrated back to Harvard as a faculty member in the Department of Population Medicine, what was then known as Ambulatory Care and Prevention, uh, part of Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare, which is an affiliate of Harvard Medical School. Okay. And can you tell us Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare, is that mm -hmm. uh, like a, a traditional health system or? So um, it is a health plan okay. that patients subscribe to uh, with about a million covered lives. So, uh, you know, Kaiser Permanente, well known to my department at Harvard because we did a lot of collaboration with this incredible organization and, and just felt like it was the sister across the country to us, although obviously on a much bigger scale where there are you know, over 12 million members for Kaiser Permanente. Yeah. Wow. So uh, you were on the East Coast for pretty much your whole life. Mm-hmm. You knew of Kaiser, you mentioned mm -hmm. the kind of a sister facility, sister organization relationship. What inspired you to make the big move from the Northeast to the opposite end of the country? Yeah, no, it was a unanticipated and really exciting transition. For about the last 15 years, I've been working in the dean's office at Harvard Medical School. And when I left, I'd been dean for faculty affairs for about eight years. Okay. And I love my job every day. Thought, what a, what a privilege. And it certainly was an amazing faculty. But when I learned about Kaiser Permanente's new medical school, it seemed like an opportunity of a lifetime and that many factors in my own career were pointing in this direction. The fact that I'd been in an academic department associated with a health plan just felt so aligned with what this school was trying to do. And it really felt like there was a new mission here and a chance to do things from scratch. So I was very excited about the commitment of the school to diversity, to innovation, student wellness leadership. Uh, it just felt like, uh, you know, a chance to really start something and join a team that was being creative and innovative about how we're going to educate students and ultimately care for our patients. Wow. And so did you know anybody who was involved in the development of the school or did you reach out and say, hey, I'd, yeah. I'd be interested in supporting this? Well, I wouldn't say I knew people here who were developing the school. Okay. But the dean for Kaiser Permanente School of Medicine is Mark Schuster, who came from Harvard and we have worked together. Wait, 
way back. And he was inspirational as he decided to make the move to become dean of the school. So I talked to him a lot and yeah. ultimately came for about my second day in L.A. to interview for the position. So I, I really didn't know Southern California at all or this area. Um, and it was pretty exciting to see what is uh, the plan for the medical school. Yeah, very good. So you mentioned your second day in L.A. Does that mean this is you'd been to L.A. one day before? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. This was really a new territory for me. And it's really part of the excitement. It's amazing. I'm loving living here. Nice. Well, I'm sure the weather is a little bit different than what you're experiencing. We are recording this. uh, Just after the core part of winter. Um, So I'm sure that's part of that. Well, I'm not sure when you came out here originally. Mm. But uh, do you miss the Boston weather? The summers are lovely, and uh, I, I don't miss shoveling, so I'm very happy to be here in Southern California. Great. Very good. Well, I do believe the Red Sox come to town every once in a while, so hopefully you'll still feel a, a little piece of home as you're here. Very good. Well, tell us a little bit about the development of the school. You mentioned that you would heard about it while it was being developed. You knew Mark Schuster. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of the School of Medicine and how it was inspired and came about? It's really an extraordinary story that many leaders for more than a decade have been thinking about the opportunity that Kaiser Permanente presented to a medical education and what having a medical school could mean to Kaiser Permanente. So I don't think everyone knows that Kaiser Permanente has been involved in the education aspects of healthcare for a very long time. No, so we have tremendous integrated healthcare, great research, really world-class, um, but also many residents come through the Kaiser Permanente system and many undergraduate medical students, so from UCLA, USC, even from Boston University, they come to Northern California and do a portion of their medical school oh. in Northern California. So Kaiser had a very substantial footprint in education for many, many years. I did not know that. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, this was something I also learned in the process. And I think that it recognized that to sort of extend that excellence, having a medical school would bring a level of innovation to the health plan and that the students, actually I've heard people say, Kaiser Permanente is a learning organization. Having students who are going to think and work critically with our clinicians and investigators is going to enhance the care that we provide to our patients. So there's a real bi-directional enthusiasm for this. The health Ah. plan, very excited to continue its mission in education and for the school to be able to both leverage the expertise that's in the health plan and also bring back to the health plan the kinds of things we'll learn from our students and that our faculty will develop will be amazing. Okay, great. So I want to take a step back. So what I know about Kaiser is we have the insurance or the health plan side. Mm -hmm. Um, You have the Permanente Medical Group, which is the physician's Mm -hmm. side. The medical centers... And hospitals, yes, and hosp- Kaiser hospitals. hospitals. Mm-hmm. So it sounds to me, based on what you've just shared, that the medical school was kind of. Am I, getting I that would right? say that all of the entities have been founders of this school. Okay. And that as those who are leading education realize, maybe we have something that's maybe unique uh, that we could share in a medical school environment. They developed proposals, thought hard about the business case, went to the leadership, the leadership embraced this. It really took a decade to lay the groundwork that brought us to the point where we are now, which is a recently accredited medical school of 154 in the United States. Okay. Wow. Very good. I didn't... So 154 medical schools. Total medical schools. We're number 153. So you've been out here for how long? Um, Since the fall, October. Okay. So what does your role entail without Mm. students being here yet, uh, not starting until 2020? Can you tell Mm. us about your role and uh, the next year to come? 
Well, I will say that the dean has recruited an extraordinary leadership team from literally every corner of the country. So UCSD, University of Washington, Chicago, GW, Florida, Boston, Texas, literally all over. There's a tremendous amount of expertise. And it's interesting because we're all working at breakneck pace to make sure that we are ready when our doors open in 2020. Okay. And right now, you know, we create the culture of the school because we are envisioning the curriculum, the way we will support students, et cetera. But there's going to be a day when 48 amazing, brilliant young people walk in and it will be their school. So we are you know, very much in a planning mode and working to get there um, and have the leadership and the faculty to really build something that's distinctive. Okay, very good. So I first heard about the school probably about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm from the San Gabriel Valley, born and raised here and uh, lived in Pasadena and today mm-hmm. live very close to Pasadena. So I was pretty excited. And I just went on my daily business after hearing the news. And then I found out later from the Orange County Register, I know this is also mm-hmm. published throughout a bunch of media, that for the first five years, mm-hmm. 48 medical school students will have their entire journey as a medical student covered with tuition, at no cost tuition-wise. So it's the first five classes okay. throughout their entire four years each. So it's really about nine years of tuition support for students who are coming to Kaiser Permanente School of Medicine. That it was pretty incredible. I've yeah. never heard anything like it. Mm-hmm. Why that decision? You know, I, I think it's a strategic and wise choice on the part of leadership to think about the obstacles to students going to medical school. Yeah. And one of the aspects of the mission that most excited me was a deep, deep commitment to diversity in every form of thought, of geography, of background. We want to be sure that we bring together a, really an eclectic group of students who represent all aspects of American society. And tuition is a barrier to many people. And, you know, as someone who paid back many student loans, uh, you know, this is something that has kept some people from pursuing medicine. So the opportunity to make tuition a non-issue gives the school a chance to recruit broadly. And also, I think, to attract students who may not have thought about a new school and figure out, is this a good fit for them? Uh, You know, the, the students who come here will be risk takers on some level. We, we're not probably the right thing for everyone. We are yeah. going to be learning as we go, working with our students uh, to make sure that we understand what their needs are academically. And, and so I think that this gives us a chance to really go out around the country, which actually I've been doing recently. It's been terrific to meet with students and, and let them know the finances are not the barrier to coming here. We want you to have a, a great fit here, but um, dollars aren't the, the problem. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm curious what the competition, uh, how they feel mm. when uh, they see that uh, Kaiser's, for one, is coming. Yeah. And then two, not only is Kaiser coming, mm. but no tu- uh, no cost tuition. So mm. obviously, you'll be very competitive, I would assume, with uh, recruiting students. Although, and we'll talk a little bit about this after the break, mm. why students, maybe they'd be hesitant. And mm-hmm. let's talk about that in just a moment. Uh, we're, folks, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have Maureen answer why students maybe shouldn't be hesitant about joining a new medical school. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Pop Health Podcast is supported by 24-Hour Home Care. All episodes of Pop Health Podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and pophealthpodcast.com. All right, we're back from the break, and I wanted to give Maureen the opportunity to share why students, maybe why they shouldn't hesitate to apply as a medical student here at Kaiser, even though it's a brand new school. 
Yeah, no, I, I think, as I mentioned, we have a very strong leadership team and curriculum planning, and we are definitely learning from our peer institutions about innovations that have worked, and so we're leveraging some of the best aspects that we have learned from the places we came from and other schools that are new as well. There's been a, a about two dozen new schools in the past 10 years or so. Okay. So we are in a position to really um, think hard about what will work for our students. Moreover, I would just say being part of the Kaiser Permanente system is extraordinary for students. This is an extraordinary health plan, integrated health care, where there's a real team approach to the total care of patients, is a very specific kind of care, not unique to Kaiser, I'd say, but Kaiser has definitely been the pioneer. And we are hoping students will learn almost a new way to do medicine. And to us, those students who want to be at the cutting edge, want to be innovative, want to take care of the whole patient, their individuals are really going to thrive in this environment. I would also say one aspect of the role that I play here is uh, thinking about community engagement, which is a very important piece of the school. And we are building in service learning opportunities, which are chances for students to go work in federally qualified health centers as well. Uh not necessarily to care for patients, but to think about what is the service they can provide and what can they learn from that. I will mention that we have three departments here, a basic science department called biomedical science, we okay. have a clinical science, but I'm based in health system science. And it is a co-equal department where we think understanding systems of care and the factors that influence health, the zip code you come from, yeah. how, you know, your access to food, your access to housing, those are as big, if not bigger, than your genetic code in some cases for what will happen to you in terms of healthcare. We're making that a priority for our students to learn. So students who are passionate about serving communities and improving health of populations are really, I think, going to resonate with the agenda that the school has, which is a deep commitment to those issues. Okay, so you mentioned uh, the students will have opportunities to go to, um, oh gosh, what's the term, the acronym, F- Fe- yeah, FQHCs. FQHCs, thank you. Uh, so are students expected dur- what, during their time in medical school to go out to those type of communities or, or what, okay. if you can touch on that? Sure. No, I'd be happy to. So one of the interesting features of our school that is not unique to our school but is really relatively new in medical education is okay. that we will have a longitudinal integrated clerkship. And what this means is that really almost from day one, our students will be paired with a primary care physician in the Kaiser Permanente system, and they will follow his or her patients with them for two years. Okay. In the second year, they'll also be paired with someone in surgery and pediatrics and psychiatry and OBGYN. But in the first year, they will have the beginning of a two-year relationship with a mentoring senior physician. As part of that longitudinal experience, they will, in fact, be expected to be in the community, working at a community health center that's geographically close to the Kaiser Permanente health center that they go to. So we are trying to create partnerships across from the community health center and the Kaiser Medical Center to make sure that students see care in a variety of settings and really understand what it means to be um, someone who may not have health insurance, as well as those who are indeed insured in the Kaiser Permanente system. Okay, great. Um, So let's talk a little bit about Kaiser and its resources. Mm -hmm. I was talking with someone the other day. They were joking that the pharmaceutical companies, when they come to negotiate with Kaiser about the rates for for their drugs that Mm -hmm. go to Kaiser patients... They don't enjoy negotiating with Kaiser because because the drug companies say, hey, we have all this data on how our drug works. But then Kaiser says, well, we have all the data on our own patients that say how different drugs work. Mm -hmm. So the reason I bring this up is Kaiser has been ahead of the game with data being how it's an integrated system. 
So I was curious how the medical students during their training, are there any data analytics or can you talk about how technology, data, where are the opportunities for the students here? No, I think that's an extraordinary benefit of this particular environment. Because Kaiser Permanente has used its electronic health record to care for patients and really think about preventive medicine and about how do we think about populations and making sure we're raising the bar on those factors that certain populations may not have access to in a sort of one-on-one physician relationship. So Kaiser has led that, and I think their data have been a huge part of that. Kaiser Permanente also does a you know, tremendous amount of research using those data and really understands understanding what's going on in healthcare. Our students will have access to those data through the capstone projects they'll do. They will be Mm. doing research as part of their time here. um, And they may choose to work with the data. They may not. They will have a lot of latitude, but at least what will be available to them is an opportunity to partner with one of those investigators and really understand whether it's for a quality improvement project or an epidemiology project to to understand how data can help inform health decisions. And I think that's a, a great advantage because we all are working with large data now. This is a critical piece of healthcare, And if students aren't familiar with that, that would be challenging for them going forward. I might add there are other technologies that we're deeply invested in. One of the interesting things, we're not going to have cadavers in our anatomy lab. Hmm. We're going to use plastinated specimens and virtual reality as ways to actually see the three dimensions of the body rather than working directly on a cadaver. We have a simulation center that's being built in our new medical school that will give students the chance to really use technology to explore patient cases and other uh, key issues in healthcare uh, right on site on the campus. Okay, very good. And again, the campus, we're uh, recording today in Pasadena, California, for those of you that aren't familiar with the location. I think by plane, we're about 10 miles north of LA, uh, which equals 45 minutes to an hour in traffic. (laughs) Um, And we're recording in a building that I believe has already had research, a research team already here for many years, correct? Based on what your colleague Vincent had shared with me prior to the show. Absolutely. Um, This is one of the hubs and in each of the regions, you you may, your listeners probably know or may not know that Kaiser Permanente is based in eight states in the country. Okay. So there are research units in all of those states, but this happens to be the building where the Southern California research group is largely based and it's wonderful to benefit from their expertise down the hall. Great. And I'm guessing that might be one of the reasons why the medical school was built here. But can you touch on why, in the end, mm-hmm. Kaiser's medical school was uh, was chosen or Pasadena was chosen for the location? Yeah, no, I think that um, the proximity to L.A. creates the opportunity to work with diverse communities of patients as I think you know there, you know, Kaiser Permanente has 13 hospitals in the greater L.A. area, so there were settings where students could do that longitudinal clerkship training. Yes. Um, we are close to the leadership of Kaiser Permanente, which is also based in Pasadena, Southern California leadership. Um, so it, it seemed to be an ideal location. We are also near numerous academic institutions, and that has allowed for the possibility of joint uh, degree programs. For example, we'll have an MD-PhD program with Caltech, an MPH program in combination with UCLA. Uh, We have programs with USC, Loyola Marymount. So I think it will enrich the academic opportunities for our students. That's interesting for someone who's not a a clinical person. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would think because UCLA and other universities have their own medical school that they may they may feel competition so it's cool to see collaboration right i think our experience has been there's tremendous collaboration across medical schools. You know, we've reached out to partners all over the country for advice about any number of aspects related to the school and I, I do think there are 
more than enough students who want to go into medicine, and they're drawn to different aspects of a school. So we're not, I don't think, in direct competition with many of our peer schools. We're going to all attract, I think, outstanding students. And it's great to be able to learn from those who have sort of a longer history of you know, doing what they do. Very good. So we talked, you touched on preventative medicine a little bit. Yeah. What about Kaiser and maybe the medical school? How has Kaiser been able to take the lead there? And will that mm. also be touched on within the medical school and, and taught? Yeah, yeah, very much so. I think that that has been an ongoing theme in Kaiser Permanente's healthcare for patients, that kind of total health I mentioned, which is you know anticipating and preventing illness. Uh, the The organization is incented to keep people healthy. And yeah. so I'll just share, since I came here, I had a hand injury and I was in urgent care, um, you know, seen within 20 minutes. I, I was just so impressed. And um, they immediately wanted to make sure that I had follow-up on a variety of preventive screenings. They offered to assign me a primary care doctor while I was there. Like, even though I was there for a specific problem, they were thinking about, did I have my flu shot yet? Would, you know, so I feel like that's the kind of approach that our students will be exposed to, that you can go in for a sprained ankle and end up getting scheduled for your next mammogram. And that's the way Kaiser things are. It's all aspects of health, and okay. I'm really glad our students will be exposed to that. So you're a person who sounds like when you, this happened and you were able to set up your appointments, you'll actually follow through mm -hmm. on your care plan, mm -hmm. I guess. One of the challenges we've had, I guess, forever is patients opting to self-care. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, uh, in your experience in your, your own teachings, mm -hmm. how do future physicians inspire patients where they'll actually act? Mm -hmm on their own care? Yeah, no, uh, it's a great question. I think one of the keys is that we need to talk to patients, <laughs> that sometimes medicine moves at such a fast pace that we don't take the time out to really understand what motivates a patient to comply with a medication, follow up with an exam. And if we don't understand the social circumstances in which they live, we are only getting part of the story. Yeah. And that's why I'm so grateful for the partnership we'll have with our federally qualified health centers to see patients in a variety of circumstances and really understand how those issues affect health. So I do agree that um, patients will take different choice, make different choices about health plan, you know, decisions that they wish to pursue. Yeah. Um, and I think we're partners with patients. We're there to learn from them about what matters to them and also to make sure we provide the best evidence-based information we can, which I think is where Kaiser Permanente's data really come to bear. Very good. So you mentioned earlier that the students will follow a, a physician for two years. That's right. Uh, and, and the patients, mm -hmm. the same That's right. patient pool. So one of, one of the things that Kaiser's, I mean, you have your own department, I don't know if this is on the medical center side or how I would define mm -hmm. this, but Kaiser has what's known as like the continuum of care mm -hmm. team, yeah. I believe. Um, one thing I've noticed, uh, my buddy, he's a, a surgeon, and uh, I'm not going to mention where or who because mm -hmm. I don't have his permission, but uh, he knows a little bit about things like home health, mm -hmm. hospice, but I can tell just by speaking with him that he doesn't know a lot. Physicians have so much on their plate when they see their patients and they're taking care of the patients. How do physicians understand and learn about the other aspects of healthcare and the continuum mm -hmm. of care? Mm -hmm. 
No, I, I think this is a really important issue that I think this particular school has a great advantage in being able to address because Kaiser Permanente very much functions in terms of the care they provide with a team approach. I mean, medicine is not a solo sport. It right. is a team sport, honestly. And in this case, I think that our students will be embedded in a team almost from day one, that one day a week when they're going into the clinical setting. Um, and they will work with nurses, with social workers, with long-term care planners, with the entire community community of healthcare providers, and that will educate them about the importance of being part of the team. I will also say that one of the themes within the school is interprofessional education. Okay. So some of the classes that our students will take will be in partnership with students from USC, from Western University, like nursing students, for example, okay. who will be on our campus, will be on their campus to learn together. We're all taking care of patients, and there's a, a sort of common curriculum that we want to share with those partners so that we then go work as as well as we can with them. And I think our students will benefit from this tremendously. Okay, great. Well, we've talked about a lot in just a few short minutes, Maureen. Um, so let's say 2025. So you have your vision today of what you're hoping the medical school will be and what will be it will be known for. In 2025, what is your hope for what Kaiser, the Kaiser School of Medicine is, it will now be famous for? Oh, thank you. I mean, I have lots of hopes and visions, and I think all of us who have come from all over the country to help with the, uh, our partners here in Southern California and starting the school are really hoping to produce excellent doctors who are superb at providing care, but who also really appreciate the social factors that affect health, who are innovators, who are leaders, who are people who are on the cutting edge, and actually we hope some may stay in the Kaiser Permanente system, but we hope they'll be all over the country. We, we are not expecting people to stay here. They, it would be great if they wanted to do their residency, but we hope that they'll be everywhere. And I think that they will bring forward the model of medicine that Kaiser Permanente has pioneered um, and really improve healthcare across the nation. Very good. Dr. and Dean, Maureen Connolly. If your kids are listening, I'm very curious uh, how they call you <laughs> Dean. That's a very funny. They know the joke. <laughs> uh, has been our guest. And uh, I also want to give, uh, I want to give a quick shout out to Vincent Staup who uh, helped set this up. Uh, Vincent has been a joy to work with, and I appreciate him coordinating this talk today. Again, folks, Dr. and Dean Maureen Connolly has been our guest today. Where can people learn more about the Kaiser Permanente School of Medicine? Um, so people can definitely go to our website, which is medschool.kp.org, and they're welcome to reach out and contact us. We're happy to talk to potential students, parents of those students, clinicians, and others who are interested in our school. Great. And uh, when is actually day one of your first class? So summer of 2020. Okay. And that means this spring, starting in June, our application cycle will open. And we're very excited to meet the students who are thinking about coming here. Very good. Well, again, Maureen, thanks so much for being our guest. Folks, if you like today's show or would like to learn more about Pop Health Podcast, check out pophealthpodcast.com. You can find us there or on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. Thanks, everybody. Take care. <laughs>